Welcome, everybody, back to the Game Bald Podcast. I'm your host, Mark. And uh, before we get into this very special episode, um, just wanted to remind everybody listening, um, the uh, stream schedule coming up, um, you would have already seen um, that uh, a weekend night, maybe a Saturday or Sunday or maybe both, um, we're going to be playing through as much of Baldur's Gate 3 um, as we can with our um, uh, stream character, Vaulty, um, who is a, uh, a dwarf uh, dragger, I think is how you say it, um, a rogue. And so we'll see uh, how we do with that. Really, I'm just going to play around in there until either Jen or Tom, who's with me today, um, uh, buy the game and we can play multiplayer. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, be on the lookout for that. It's on the weekend. And then we have our normal, you know, I'm probably going to get some oxen free stuff in. Uh, if you're listening to this probably after October, um, we've probably done something completely different. But uh, I want to put that out there um, for those listening when this goes up. So, without further ado, um, let's get into uh, what we're all here for today. Um, Jen is currently uh, part of Sick Gang Gang right now, uh, so we hope she gets better and we'll be back with us next time. But me and Tom thought we'd take the opportunity uh, to do part two of our spoiler cast of Final Fantasy XVI, since we had both finished it. Yes, right, Tom? we have. Yes. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, Tom, I think the way we'll do this, um, I felt last time me basically running through the story was, was got a little dry and boring. Um, I think essentially we'll just talk about the second half of the game, um, in general and just our, our, our thoughts. Um, and then I have a couple of thoughts on where I ranked this on my games of the year. Um, mm -hmm. and then we can get into that. And then I have some funny, um, this will probably be the middle segment, but I have some funny things I found looking at the achievements um, when I was finished <laughs> that infuriated me. But um, so we'll start off uh, since I've been talking a lot here early. Tom, uh, what were your thoughts on the second half of the game post Bahamut? So post Bahamut, I feel like the story kind of uh, stalled a little bit. And I think that was intentional. The ba after the Battle of Bahamut, you kind of need like a, a little time to breathe. So it opens up a, quite a few side quests, um, and I I think that's kind of necessary just so you you don't get dragged down by all of the heaviness of what you just went through and what Dion just went through. Um, but I can see where people may have problems with either the the pacing of this part of the game uh, or just the the interactions that you may have. But overall, I really enjoyed the second half of the game. Uh, we'll get to the ending, but uh, I th I think there was some some interesting stuff that they did with um with Joshua and Jill. Uh, we finally get a Jill moment. It took yeah. all game, but we finally got. It. <laughs> we've we've been waiting for it since that <laughs> literally the demo. So yeah. it was nice to get that. Um, yeah. I, I, overall, I really enjoyed the second half of the game. There. Well, well, I guess we could talk about what the high yeah. points, low points, but uh... yeah. yeah, we'll probably get into specifics of characters because um, I have a couple questions that I want to shoot back at you, mm -hmm. um, and then you know give my opinions on. But my overall take, second half of the game, I agree with Tom. I think I liked. I'm probably one of the people that that actually enjoyed 
um, more of the side quests in the second half of the game. I felt they, um, some of them felt like loyalty missions, like uh, Mass Effect 2. Um, yes, I for, for a lot of them. Um, and they opened up a lot of story, like a lot of lore and background um, with the world. And I think that was a lot better than a lot of the fetch quests you were doing um, in the first half of the game. Well, I don't know if this technically half. I think Bahamut was like two-thirds of the way, technically. Yeah, two-thirds. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the chapter list for the main quest. Um, but yeah, I think I think they did a pretty good job of setting you up right after you get done with that whole, whole scene, um, which I'm still mad that you don't get to kill your mother. Um, yeah, the, I... I, I understand why, but yeah. I'm I'm upset too. I wish yeah. that we could have just done that. Yeah, or just had one of them do it. But anyway, um, the the pacing because what they allow you to do here and what I think is really good is that unless if you want to like go for ultimate weapons and a bunch of stuff like that, um, you're really set up to if you just want to go to the end, you can just go to the end and you're not missing much of the main story. Um, oh, yeah. you, you might not get, obviously, if you just do the main quest, you're not missing any story. What I mean is, unless you want to know more about the characters around you, the side quests really don't do anything for you in terms of, um, you know, unless you want to go grind, leveling up, which, you know, it's up to you. But I found, um, and I heard this from a couple other people, that a lot of the battles is more skill-based. Like, if you're really good at the parrying and blocking and dodging and all that, you can beat foes way higher level than you. It just takes you longer because you don't hit as hard. But, you know, you don't necessarily have to be matched level-wise. Yeah, um, I, I discovered people. that in some of the legendary hunts, some of the yeah. S-tier hunts. Yeah, I was definitely under-leveled, but I was able to win the fights anyway. Yeah, yeah so it just allows you to, if you want to go to the end, you can go to the end, um, which is which great. Is nice. And then if you want to explore and do all the crazy side quests that I did, um, you know, devoting a whole stream that I thought was going to be the end of the game to just side quests. Uh, <laughs> that, that is one thing I want to talk about. So yeah. I don't know how they could make it any more obvious that it's the end of the game. Yeah. They literally go, yep, uh, there's a side quest for every character you've ever met and then some. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's hard, hard, hard to not know that that's the end of the game. Yeah, and I feel doing the side quests made the end more emotional for me. Um, on top of the, um, you know, the real life, you know, uh, connections we both have um, in terms of, of siblings. Um, on top of all that, no, getting to know the characters better, um, you know, it made that ending hit a lot better. I think the main thing that I, I said on the stream, which might get cut off, I realized that we got muted for some audio because I was like, crying we'll say at that point um and i was silent during the song they were playing and square snapped it up um oh, on twitch um so um what i said there was what this showed is while it's not a perfect like a24 movie story you know adult themed story it showed that they can write an m-rated like adult story and not need to have a bunch of teenagers running around um it, it they were able to grasp a lot of older emotions um, and complicated emotions that you have as you get older. Um, rather than having everything basically be black and white, um, there's a lot of gray um, in, in spots here. 
um, where even, you know, the thing you would normally do, the noble guy would do this. I always felt by what they presented to me, I was at parts doing like, no, fuck this. I want to do, you know, the part that's slightly dark um, Mm -hmm. here. And I think that was a good way of sort of the way they were telling the story um, got you got you into that mindset. And I think it works with the setting. I don't think you could do this with some of the other settings they've had, but doing it in a, in a medieval high fantasy, you know, sort of setting, you can do it. Um, I like that it's shifted away from Game of Thrones a little bit um, after Bahamut and got more into a uh, Final Fantasy type story, um, which confused me why everybody said this isn't Final Fantasy when the story is Final Fantasy as fuck. Um, yeah, I don't- I don't know how you can say that this is not a Final Fantasy <laughs> style story. It's the whole game is final. I mean, yeah. as soon as you introduce the crystals, it's like, oh yeah, this is this is yeah. 100% Final Fantasy. I think it's because of the no menus for the battles. I, I think mean, that's, that, that's what it has. We, but I mean, that's where we knew that's that where was going to happen. But and we didn't have one for 15 either. I mean, it. Yeah. 15 was even simpler than this. So yeah. I don't know why why there's a disconnect uh, it's just the whole thing yeah. is weird it's yeah it is the it is one of the most final fantasy game final <laughs> fantasy final fantasy games i've ever played yeah yeah you literally you literally spoilers i mean this is a spoiler cast so uh if you've listened this far um you literally kill god at the end of this not, game. not only that they <laughs> say out loud let's go kill let's a kill god, god. <laughs> my favorite you find- line and then you find out in the final like battle that oh no you're killing the god you're killing god <laughs> period <laughs> period um, but yeah so that was all great um, you know I really enjoyed it um, yeah like I said uh, stuff should be up on YouTube sometime in the next couple weeks if you didn't catch it live um, I'm a little behind since I, I did go on vacation a couple weeks ago which is why I wasn't here for the last episode um, of the podcast. Um, so I'll have those up. So if you, uh, didn't follow along, you can see my playthrough. Um, so real fast, I'll get into the trophy thing that pissed me off and then we can start talking about some characters. Uh, cause I find out at the end I get there and, uh, one trophy didn't pop that I was expecting to pop, um, which is the, you have traveled to all locations and I go and check it. Um, because you have that feature now where you can go see how far you progressed. And it said that I made it to 63 of 64 locations. And I am like, where the fuck is that last location? And the only thing I can think of is either I missed something, which I doubt, because if you watch the playthrough, I went, I ran everywhere and went everywhere. Or there is a special location in the Final Fantasy mode that opens up at the end that is not in the original game. That's possible. It's very possible. That has. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they say like you can travel new locations and defeat new enemies and all kinds of stuff. So it's very possible. That has to be it. But that was the most, I was so irritated when I saw it was one location. Not that I really care about trophies so much, but if it would have been like five locations, I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe I missed no, a couple. It's, it's yeah. one. It, does one. it tell you which ones you've nope. been to? Nope. Just oh, 63 of 64. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, that's no good. So I may be wrong. You could see them all in the playthrough. Who knows? But it, that just irritated me. But the rest of them were pretty, pretty fine. The, um, the ones I missed was because I didn't use all the uh, all the icons. So a bunch of the stuff you get for using the icons I didn't get. Um, and not understanding how to do... Uh, there was one where I had to do a special thing that I never... that I Oh, you had to do that. 
um, would have popped an easy trophy um, with one of the icons I was using. Uh, but yeah, yeah, trophies were fine. Um, it, you would have to play through it multiple times to get, um, you well, know. Yeah, you, you kind of have to do everything in one playthrough, and then you need to do Final Fantasy difficulty. Yeah, yeah, but essentially. I I thought of, I briefly thought about getting a platinum in this, and I was like, you know what? No. <laughs> I can't do that. I, 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 it, because I think one of the trophies is to get level 70, and I was not doing that. Yeah, you'd probably get through that doing Final Fantasy mode, but I can't imagine how long it would take you to beat this game at, on the third highest level. I, yeah, uh, um, I had zero interest <laughs> in doing that. But somebody, um, will, obviously, people will get that platinum, but, um, I've seen, I've seen a numerous people get it, but I, I was like, yeah, I, I have no, no interest. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so the next thing is just, um, I'll let you start off. Um, what, who is your, let's give, who is your favorite character overall? And who's the one, and now these could be the same people, just letting you know, Tom, don't have Mm -hmm. to pick two different people. Who's your favorite character overall throughout the game, and who do you think they developed the best as you went along? My favorite character was Sid. Um, I feel like they wrote him really well. He was a, he was the fact that I was so upset when he died tells me how much I liked him. He's probably my could be my favorite Sid now in any Final mm. Fantasy game. Uh, he's just a he's a funny character that they were able to build a whole story around, which I really enjoyed. Now the character I think they developed the best was Dion. Uh, Dion had a incredible story and. It was very. I feel like his plot was more, um, more Game of Thrones esque. But yeah. I feel like he had the biggest arc because you he just went from being this throwaway character that was just happened to be Bahamut to having all of these things happen to him and having a great redemption. Yeah. Uh, so I I I feel like Dion was the was the best character that they that they brought all the way through the story. Yeah. I will throw the same thing back to you. What, what, yeah. what were your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. So my favorite character, if you didn't watch the stream, um, I am team mid. Um, <laughs> just as soon as they introduced that character and all the energy that she brought and just how she just had no fear. Um, I'm guessing that was like, it's sort of the same thing where it's, she had a lot of Sid going through her. Um, you know, in terms of the uh, of the energy and 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 intelligence she brought, and I wanted more of her on screen because I feel like she was the only one that didn't take um, Clive's shit. Like if he tried to, you know, she would immediately just go no. Like like it. I I don't know if it's like um like she would shut him down or just the other thing was when she would make him feel weirdly uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> like like when she was talking about things she was going to invent. Um, and it just, I just loved, I just wanted more, um, a close second in the, not favorite, but in the wanting to see more with, because of their energy was uncle Byron. Um, he was great every time he came on. Um, yeah, he's a great character too. <laughs> yeah. But, but he wasn't close to my favorite, but I love mid mid, mid was absolutely my favorite. Um, I'm going to go, I don't know if this is like, uh, like, uh, out of nowhere one, but I, for some reason, I've really liked what they did with Blackthorn. Um, yeah yeah i that was a, a great arc as well yeah the whole he could have just been the blacksmith like right. he could have just been the guy in the corner that built your sword and yeah. that was it 
And the story they gave him, what I loved about it, and this goes back to the um, writing an adult story and not a black and white thing, is Blackthorn's essentially the bad guy in his story. You know, he's the one yeah. that just leaves. Yes and no. I mean, he feels like he's not a leader, which I can I can understand yeah. where that's coming from. And he didn't want to lead those people. He felt that the other guy was a better leader. But I don't know what I would consider him the bad guy. I don't know. Well, well maybe I, villains yeah, I probably is stretched it. But what I'm saying, what I mean is, is that in, in previous Final Fantasy stories and stuff, the guy that's on your team would would normally ultimately be the person in the right in the story. Well, that's um, the thing with this game. I feel like they were, yeah. there was a lot of stuff that was open to interpretation. Yeah. Like you could have, you could have seen either side in that, that yeah. case. And, and that's, that's growth and maturity and, and storytelling. Um, yeah. Karen or Sharon, it's the same way. Um, very, very gray, you know, line. She walks. Um, despite helping you, um, like all the characters seem to not be black and white hero villains, and oh, there's, that, that's... One. there's one. Oh, there's well, one. maybe not. I was <laughs> I was gonna say Jill, but in the beginning, she's very much a villain. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah I'm, I can't think of one that was a hundred percent. I mean, I mean, technically, Clive and Jill are your heroes. They don't really have any. He's they have he, passed though. That... Yeah, he, yeah, he does bad things, and she's done bad things. But it's not like you know. I know their motivations are good. Like you see some things with with Sharon, and you're like, oh, she would sell weapons to anybody. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and with Blackthorn, you know, he was you know his thing. But it was, and even uh, well, well, before we couch this, Goetz, Goetz is. I will protect him with my life. <laughs> and he was never evil. No, that's that's it. Goots is yeah, hundred percent. He yeah. was never he was never a villain. Yes. At any point. He doesn't know how to be bad. He doesn't know how to write. He's <laughs> he's the big lovable lump. Um yeah. yeah but I agree. But, but that was the thing about this game, and it was it was a after like I guess fifteen and you know, even twelve to an extent, um it felt like I enjoyed all of the characters in our party. Um, like I, you know, the four guys just felt like stereotypes in fifteen. Like they were archetypes. Um, and outside of 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 um, Prompto having that, you know, you find out the the twist on him at the end. Um, there's not really much, you know, developing. But I feel like this this game went back to those. 10 and 7 and 8 where you basically loved your entire party and wanted to know everything about them. And I felt like that was a nice return to form. I agree. There was not one character. Well, there was alright. So there was one character that wasn't in your party but there was one character that I was like, I need to avoid them at all costs. And that was your, I think she was one of your favorites and that was Vivian Ninetales. <laughs> I literally would oh, I avoid this. I would avoid going to her even if she had like the pop up that she had something to tell me <laughs> I did not want to go over there. <laughs> I I just loved because I think I role played a little bit on the stream with that is I would I would she's the type of person that if I worked with her or like was in an academic situation I would just go say hi to annoy her because I feel <laughs> she wouldn't want that. Uh, <laughs> and it would just be like a hey Viv, how you doing? 
Uh, no, good. Okay, I'll be over here. That's good. Um, <laughs> like that. That was the vibe she gave off to me, which is why I kept talking to her because I wanted to see how what her and Clive's interactions would be. Um, yeah. She would be lower on my list. Um, I think the one thing that did not happen um, in this game that I was kind of expecting to happen, but was um, actually relieved that it didn't, was I was one hundred percent waiting for Gab to turn on you. Um, yeah, I I can understand where you're coming from with that, but at the same yeah. time. He had already been through so much with you, and yeah, I didn't really see where or who he would turn on you. Yeah, for it, like it there, just, didn't, there never seemed to be someone that he he absolutely would have gone with, as opposed to you. I feel like yeah, um, he's yeah. It was one hundred percent in that it was just me in my head. Like this guy's way too nice to us. <laughs> like this is well, way too. Everybody's way too nice to you in this game. Oh, the only guy, only guy that's not nice to you is Quentin. That's in your party. Yeah, he's the only one that's like, <laughs> yeah, he does not like me. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, the, the characters were great in my in in my opinion here. Um, I I can remember and talk about each and every one of them, um, and have funny anecdotes and fun things uh, that happened on, on in the game on the stream with them. Um, it, and it's something I could not do with, with 15 and, and, and mostly from what I remember of 12. So I was glad to see that go back. Um, I think the next thing, uh, to talk about here, Tom, um, you know, cause we'll hold the ending off for last, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope we don't have the same scene, but what was the most ridiculous scene from the second half of the game? And I'm assuming we probably have the same scene. When Odin cuts the ocean in half. Oh no, we don't. Okay. Go, go go talk about yours. Uh so they in Final Fantasy lore, Odin can Odin's sword can cut through anything. Uh and they were like, let's see how we can mess with that and see how we can make make that work with us for anything here. So they decided to make Odin cut the goddamn ocean in half and just just part it and just with a, a flick of his sword, he just cuts the entire ocean in half, and his ship falls into the the ravine, which kind of screws him in a way because he can't lead any of his men into battle because that's the I forget what the name of the ship is. It's the Ein here or whatever. Ein, the Einhander. Yeah, yeah. The that's, it's the Norse that, name. Yeah, yeah. That's the ship they use to lead them into battle. And if he does not have that, they can't really lean, lead anybody into battle. So, and thank you, Mid, for saving our ship. Yes, the best driver ever, Mid. Yes. Uh, right. Which I'm still, I'm still kind of pissed about the whole um, airship thing. They they teased you the whole game. They're like this was an airship. Oh, we have the technology to build an airship, and then nothing. No airship. Yep, she Come did on. the op. She did the opposite of Oppenheimer. She knew she could build the airship, but knew it might lead to people bombing each other from the air. And was like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. And I was like, all right, I can understand where she's coming from, but build the goddamn airship. I want to fantasy game. There's all you're, you. Your character is supposed to build the airship or your father's character. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, build the damn airship. <laughs> But yeah, so that was the most ridiculous thing. And then not only that, then Jill freezes the entire ocean yeah. to get them out. So that was the most ridiculous the, thing to me was that. The, the fun part is that um, 
my scene comes immediately after this. Oh, when um, they're naked for no reason? Wh why are they naked on a beach for five minutes? I don't know. Having I guess, a conversation. <laughs> I'm guessing their clothes got wet from being surrounded by water. That's the only thing I can think of. I, they don't. They don't really show you them getting wet but i that's the only thing i can think of is they got, my whole they got... idea is sitting here and i remember me and vince were, were were talking about it um you know while it was happening and was just going like they i think they legitimately did this a to show they could draw side boob um well, they, they did it all game they were like yeah, yeah. we're gonna we're going to show as much side boob as humanly possible yeah and this is like they were going to show you a lot of it and that they could do you know a little bit of male butt in this and it for me because we were laughing at how ridiculous it is that this entire scene is them naked on a beach talking um yeah. i did not comprehend anything they were saying <laughs> like none of the emotional hit that was supposed to happen in that scene. you were just you were just focused Where on them being be naked and for no home. reason like <laughs> could, we could we could have done we could have done this after you got back to the <laughs> to the to the hideout, you could have had this conversation fully clothed and it, like normal people. Um, well, no, I, I guess people do talk naked in real life, but it just felt like they uh, this was the most gratuitous thing they did in this movie. This movie, Jesus, um, in this game, um, because even the sex with uh, Benedictia and um, Barnabas was at least you know in theme with the game, um, you know. This just seems shoehorned in in a way to get them to kiss. Yeah, exactly. They didn't um, need to be naked to kiss. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, oh. it was. It, we it, it, and we're not, I'm not, you know, if you listen to uh, They Call This Movie, you know, I am definitely not a prude um, when it comes to this stuff. No, it, it just, just was out of left field. It just yeah. came out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, just like, at least with The Witcher, I can see it coming. Um, yeah, no pun But... <laughs> The, this was very strange and out of out of left field. That's why it was ridiculous to me. Um, I I also find that the um, there were a couple of ridiculous scab scenes where it was just like this man has one eye. How is he still your lead scout? Like seriously, he must be, he must be very good at what he does. <laughs> it just made me laugh every time. We're like, we got to find a replacement for Gab, man. I mean, they tried keeps, to we keep sending him out on these missions, and they tried and. Uh, it, but I did love the fact of him basically becoming a father at the end was fun. Um, I love that like he didn't bother to ask, and he's just like I'm a dad. <laughs> but that's Gab. Uh, but yeah, so he was a great character too. I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So yes, those those two scenes were very wild, and I don't know I, how I, you how you come out come back from that. I think. Um. I think what we can say is I think the entire Barnabas section was kind of crazy. Um, I yeah, because I the thing I couldn't understand, and you can give me your opinion on this too, um, is they set up the whole thing where his sword can cut through anything in one cut, and I'm sitting there going, you know, because Odin's sword does it, you know, I know the whole background, but it's just like, well, if it can do that, how do we even fight him? Like, wouldn't you use the one cut all the time? Like, you know, they didn't even set up, like, how it would be possible. Um, yeah, it the, it's hard when you make a character that, that is that overpowered, how you yeah. can bring them back to a 
fightable level. It's like fighting a god uh, just a bit earlier. Yeah. It's I don't I don't know what what their plan was, why they cuz they kept harping on it. They kept saying, "Oh, its sword can cut through anything." And then yeah. you fight them and it doesn't cut through your sword. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it, and I think it, you can even parry some of the moves that the sword does too, which makes me laugh. Um so, um I want to get into one um conspiracy theory prediction. I don't know if you had any, but I had one about three quarters of the way through the game. And this is just mm-hmm. me from playing other Final Fantasy games. Um was thinking. I thought there was a line at some point. I think it's either Barnabas or or Dion or somebody. Basically insinuates maybe maybe I took this the wrong way, that Clive had like recreated Joshua, you know, like sort of the he's a dream thing, like like Titus. I would say I w- I would agree with that, except that other people have interactions with Joshua. Yeah, no, but even if well, other people have interactions with Titus. <laughs> but I know, but this one is way more obvious, and there's literally yeah. someone with him all the time. So yeah, it was just I. It, yeah, that was so, my conspiracy that the ending was going to be that he was just like how Odin has that person that he manifested. I thought Joshua was going to be the person that if free manifested. He was gonna he was gonna uh blue disintegrate. Yeah, he was basically like that was the plan was that you guys were supposed to combine and you had just created that thing that was supposed to combine with you as your brother, you know, and all that. Yeah. But Again, that was probably me looking for the crazy Final Fantasy ending today. Well, I, you, you you got the crazy Final Fantasy ending, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, but I love how the how like they made it such a point that once Clive took the the icon or the blessing of the icon from the person that they couldn't turn into, they couldn't prime anymore. Yeah. And then they proceeded to prime every single time after he took it. Every yeah, character. I, I, I think I think the idea, and this is just for me without doing any research before before this podcast, my understanding was that they couldn't prime, yes, which meant that they couldn't 100% control the icon, and that's what made it dangerous what Dion was doing. Um, right. Because he couldn't really control Bahamut. Um, which and, he eventually was, which he overall was able to do. Yeah, but the other two could not because they drank a whole bunch of ether or they ate crystals. Yeah, to to get stronger and be able to do it. Yeah, so there was right. that. But Dion didn't do any of that, so I don't. That was yeah. a little strange to me. I mean, Dion all, overall though seemed to have the most control over his icon. Yeah, um, yeah, probably him and Joshua. Um, because for sure. in in the middle of the game, he's fighting Odin. And he just kind of flies in, and he's just walking, and he's he transformed without any problem. He wasn't coughing up blood or anything like that, yeah. what, like the other people were. Um, and a theory that I heard was maybe that he his power was awakened the most recent, so it hadn't done as much uh, damage to his body. Which that could be. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, that's the only, or he's just being Bahamut. He's that powerful, and he could deal with not yeah you know he could deal with the strain on his body better yeah um yeah yeah the, yeah the the whole concept of that um at first i was a little like eye rolly about the whole icon dominance and but as they in, 
as they explained it more as the story went along, um, I really liked that idea, um, you know, uh, of, of why they existed, how they existed, and, you know, what it meant to different people. Like, what I mean is essentially uh, uh, Ultima or whatever. I think it's Ultima. It's the main bad guy. Um, yes. They he, he thought of them as sort of owing him something for giving him the pa- them the power. And the dominance for their right thought, no, our power, you know, we're supposed to use this power to help humans or whatever. And it was, it, it, I, I like the idea that, you know, there was different interpretations of everything. And I think, you know, the, I guess we could read deep into why the, you know, whatever um, uh, Clive was doing, um, uh, what effects it had. Maybe if you read some of the, the, the deep lore stuff that you could have read that I started skipping by the end. Um, uh, towards the end, I, I, I was like, yeah, I, I don't have time to read this. <laughs> it's going to take me three extra hours to get through the game just to read it. But yeah, I, I think I think the one fun thing which which we can um, move on to, and then as a last segment before um, talking about the end, um, I really thought the game picked up uh, combat wise once once you got Bahamut. Um, I felt the idea of you weren't constrained by only having the three that you had. Um, I mean, I know you get Titan before that, but. Um, you know, his power seemed to be, when I got that, um, you know, open up the avenue for wanting to have powers across different icons mm-hmm. um, and not just stick with what was in that tree. And as and I really wish, watching other people play, that I investigated Odin a little bit more um, because his, his Zengetsu stuff, I think it's how you pronounce it, um, seemed to be ridiculous if you were able to time it right. Yeah, um, Odin was, Odin was pretty OP. I yeah. I played around with Odin a little before I got to the end of the game, but um, I actually ended up using Ramu and Shiva, which in hindsight is pretty interesting because those are your main your your main party members for most of the game are Sid and Jill. And I didn't really think about it until I got to that point, and I was like, maybe they should have tried to steer you in that direction to use those. Yeah. Um. But. Not everybody's going to use them, but I just found Diamond Dust and Judgment Bolt to be so good. Oh, yeah. I had no reason to use anything else. Um, the only thing that I used um, by the end, once I started figuring out, you know, figured out how good Diamond Dust was, was I, I used Titan as my icon for Titan Block mm-hmm. because I figured out that at least on the level I was playing on, if I was able to block um everything and it might have been because you know i had the the prompt you know because i was playing on what might have been a little bit of a delay so i had that prompt pop up to help me um it just made some of the fights slightly easier if i could time the block every time Mm -hmm. to to knock down the stagger meter with that titan block um i'm sure there were other things in the other ones um that helped with that as well um but yeah Diamond Dust was perfect, and then, you know, Lightning Bolt does its thing, and then the, um, what was it? It, it, was it Lightning Bolt, or or what was the thing that you could drop in front of, and every time you hit it, it did extra, it it was one of the Bolt things, Um, because what I found out um, was you can drop it, 
and then do a whole bunch of the like the hitting moves, and it would like do double damage to yeah. everything. Like um, you could do the the claws from Garuda, and if you hit the enemy and the lightning thing at the same time, it would be like double damage. Um, on it, you could do the the ignition thing um, with Ifrit and run into it directly, and you would get both the fire and the lightning damage. So yeah. that that thing became pretty. Um, OP for when you had someone staggered. Um, I got almost a hundred thousand stagger on somebody, I think, or no, no, no. Um, it was like it was seventy-five. I'm sorry. Um, by by using all of that, using judgment bolt, and using because for some reason their stagger was real slow to get back up. But that was probably the most OP one if you knew how to use it correctly. Uh, but overall, I thought the combat was fantastic, um, giving you the options to do all the things and. Um, you know, being able to swap around and not be constrained. Um, I, I only, I only wish they give you a fourth icon, to be honest, um, to use because I wanted to try out some of the stuff that I didn't get to. Um, that's probably my only complaint. My, I thought, and I thought the best thing about it was you could uninvest points without getting penalized because generally, yeah. when you in a in an RPG or an action action game like this or like say like you're like Diablo if or even like Fallout if you want to refund points out of something generally you're taking it at a loss and this they just allow you to take those points and put them wherever you want which i thought was great that's something that in it allows you to then explore the other icons more and delve into ones you may not have used normally and then you if you don't like it you can switch it right back which I thought was great. Yeah, yeah, and the the um the fact that you needed to do that if you didn't grind um to to be able to get the newer powers as you went up um made made it it, it really felt like the first RPG in a while where I had to worry about builds um and not being able to get everything um which which was fun um but again like I said I wish I had a fourth icon because I did have points that I spent on things that I just couldn't use. And refunding them would have been useless. Um, and yeah, it was. I, I think the whole system, you know, obviously there's there's some there's some faults in everything. Um, there's no perfect battle system, um, but just the idea that this was both, you know, um, stat based and skill based um, allows people like myself who, while they play Dark Soul games, <laughs> um, you know, may not be the best at parrying and dodging. Um, but can sort of be passable at it, but still had a ton of fun with this combat. And somebody maybe a little more skilled, maybe like you or or somebody like Jonathan that we know, um, would would be able to get by and have a lot of fun with the parrying and and you know the precision dodging to do something crazy. Um, and I think that was a real um, accomplishment uh, of what they did with this game. Yeah. So um, yeah. So yeah. So far. Uh, thumbs up all around um, on everything. So uh, real quick thing I want to bring up that I uh, brought up on the final stream um, at the end, uh, which I don't know if it got muted or if it is still in there. If it is, you'll hear this twice. Um, I'm having a really tough time at this moment. I mean, we're two weeks away from when that decision could be completely taken out of my hands. Um between this and surprisingly Tears of the Kingdom as, as my favorite games of the year. Um, 
I, I think I haven't gotten far enough into Tears of the Kingdom to make that decision, but yeah. as of right now, this is the winner for me. Yeah, because because currently right now, I mean, if you're talking best game, um, I'm probably going Tears of the Kingdom because it does a lot of insane stuff and it hits on a lot of good emotional points and just as a structured game, it there there are barely any flaws in it. Um, and but in in the game that I had the most fun with. Um, I wasn't as great with the building and stuff in tears. Um, I did some fun things, but it would always frustrate me a little bit. Um, maybe it's just the lack of creativity from an engineering sense, um, for that, but everything in this game clicked and I loved it. And I streamed it with no fear. Um, you know, worrying about people second guessing me or anything. Um, so that's up there. And obviously third right as of right now is hi-fi rush. Um, but it's a distant third at this point. Um, as much as I love that game. Uh, but yeah, the, in two weeks, this conversation may all change, and it's like, who's fighting for second and third once we start bouncing around to the thousand planets um, yep. that, that are coming out? Uh, but it, it, I was, I, I think the point I want to make here and then have, have your feelings on it before we get into the ending, um, this was the first time in a while that I was absolutely shocked that a game jumped into my top one or two conversation when I knew about it, you know, had seen a lot of stuff on it. It wasn't really hot going in until the demo. Um, and then all of a sudden I get done it and I'm like, ah, it's my, one of my favorite experiences of the year. Um, I've had games that come out of nowhere to be first. Um, Life is Strange and Oxen Free sort of fit that category where I knew nothing about them and then just played them. Um, uh, but this, this was, this was first one in a while that, I had no expectations going in, despite it being a game in a long-running series, and it turned out to be one one of my f- best favorite experiences. Um, I don't know what what if you're sort of in the same boat or what was your thoughts? Oh yeah, I I am one hundred percent in the same boat. I had no little to no expectations going in. Um, I was kind of afraid of this game, and it defied all expectations. It uh, it I. I couldn't, this is the first time I can, in the last, I don't know, 15 years, that I could not put the game down. I just, I just had to, I had to keep going. I had to keep playing it. Uh, even having as little time as I, as I do now to play games, this was, I made it a priority to try to play through this and get to the end, which I guess we could talk about now. Yes. Um, yes, that was the final point I wanted to get to was... Um, you know, the shocking game of the year. Um, so I'll start off my um, opinion since um, you've, for those of you that watch the stream, you've already gotten most of this. Um, but yeah, I, I quite enjoyed the ending um, and I'll, I'll go into multiple reasons. One, the obvious one I think both of us are going to share and agree with is the little montage part when Joshua dies um, and they show you, you know, back um when you were younger and he blesses you with the Phoenix and, you know, you're kneeling in front of him, your whole family's there. Um, even your evil mother. Um, and just that whole, whole segment, um, got to me to the point where I, I did, did cry on stream, not like heavy, like Dawson Leary, ugly cry. But <laughs> I, I did, I did go silent and then did have tears co- coming down my face. Um, and which thankfully did not get us DMCA'd. It just got us a mute. Um, but yeah, me and Tom both 
coming from families with siblings, um, that whole flashback of moments of, you know, for the first time we're seeing this stuff um, really hit, really hit close to home, at least for me, um, you know, and, and I thought they did a really good job with that. And um, I think it's the only part of the ending that really, maybe people can argue saying it's cheesy or whatever, but I think it's the only part that really doesn't have an argument or a discussion. I think they did a really good job with that. Um, I think what I, where me and Tom are going to differ here is I thought the ending part of having both Dion and Clive, you know, die, um, was, was completely the right choice in, in my, in my estimation. Um, uh, I know you don't like the one reason, one thing that happened, uh, when he died, but we'll, we'll get to that. There's, there's yeah. more to it, but yeah. Yeah. The, ahead, I thought I'll, it, I'll... yeah. Yeah, after. It, it, especially for Dion, I, that was like he he had nothing else outside of 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 of. Well, of Dion his, had of nothing his else. To, he didn't have anything else to live for, which yeah. is understandable because his father was dead. His well, he had Terrence, but that's beside that's, yeah, yeah. that's the whole other yeah, this thing. This is Terrence but, Erasure. Nothing <laughs> else to live for. But he wanted to. You could see that he was going out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. He wanted to atone for his sins in killing his father, and he wanted to make make things right, which you could see that coming from a mile away. My problem yeah. with with um uh, with Clive dying is he makes all these plans and he tells all these people he's coming back, and I understand why they killed him off. He had to make the ultimate sacrifice and he has to be the hero. And I'm just sick of that. I'm just so sick of you have to be, you have to make the ultimate sacrifice in order for your, your plan to be, to, to, to be accomplished. He didn't have to, or he, he should have, the fact that they build him up as this all powerful being that should be able to take down Ultima. The fact that he dies alone on a beach with none of his friends or any his brother nobody near him i feel is a a detriment to the character the character deserved if he was going to die at least he at least deserved to be with his brother or with jill or something i just didn't like that yeah, i i go ahead no 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 you can finish no i was going to go on to something else but you okay. if you had yeah, no, my my point with why I liked it, um, A, it, it stuck with what I was feeling, that they weren't doing the the typical, you know, Final Fantasy sort of happy ending. Um, everybody gets um, what they want at the end. Um, and maybe that was just, I was coming at it from a different point, which, like I said, this is completely valid, this, this, this discussion and, and disagreement we have with this. I I think I liked it because... The only other way I would have accepted it, because I, I think he had to, not had to, it's probably a strong word, but I think his character had to sort of, you know, to die, because they, they bring up the whole thing about the curse, and nobody important actually dies of the curse um, at any point, and if you're going to bring that whole thing in, somebody important has to die because of it, and it, you could have done the thing where they find him, rescue him, bring him back, and then find out that he's got the curse all over him, and then they have a goodbye, and you could do that. That that yeah. could be the alternate. Be, that if, that, if yeah. they did that, I would have been fine with that. Yeah, that's the alternate. That that is obvious. Um, I, I think the fact of of 
yeah, I think the fact of having him die, because it goes back to the three of them that died, you know, Joshua, Dion, and um, Clive, really, I mean, Joshua maybe had the most, um, you know, post-life stuff possibly, but everything was like their whole lives were pushing towards this final thing to do. And, you know, they saved everybody. They got to secure everything. So, you know, them passing um, was, in my opinion, the right choice. Um, and I, I also, I also yeah. understand that he's Joshua's shield. He did everything for his brother. I get that. I just don't like the way they did it. I mean, I... I can understand why they did it. I just don't like the way yeah. it was done. Yeah. It, like... I've also heard, so I'm, th- I'm going to go into conspiracy theories myself. I've heard that a lot of people think he did not die because if you watch the cutscene, his hand turns to stone, but it stops at his elbow. If he was to die of the curse, it would have had to take his whole body, but you yeah. can see that it doesn't. And yeah. I think he actually speaks after his arm falls, um, yeah. and he says he says something. So yeah, they they open up the opportunity for him not being dead um, if they want to do anything DLC or anything wise, which I don't think they are doing. But you know, or bring him back for a sixteen two. Who I like, I said, I doubt they're doing that. But yeah, I would never especially do it. Expe- would, especially with the post credit scene. They should um, never do a sixteen two DLC. Yeah. Sure. Sixteen yeah. two. I don't think that's a yeah. good idea. Yeah. Wait, you don't want you don't want dress spears, um, <laughs> but yeah, have it have it be mid Jill and uh, the the dame. Have it be their their mission throughout. Um, yeah. I, I have no problem. I would love a playable Jill sequence. <laughs> I would love that. Um, but but yeah, the I, I think that's the that's the that's the main discussion is basically how they did it. I think we can have different opinions, you know, and all of them valid, you know, on, on the how there. Um, I think the one thing I applaud them for is that, you know, they they made a choice and went for it. Um, you know, outside of, um, I may be wrong here, so Final Fantasy um, historians can correct me, but at least for the seven forward um, ones, I think Titus is the only main character that technically dies. Um, um light does lightning technically die? Doesn't she like <laughs> she, I don't they don't a, they don't ever die well, and then creates a new planet and it's fucking lightning returns. Yeah, it's Shit. it's weird. It, <laughs> no, it's, uh what's his name fucking dies? Uh Noctis dies. It's it's uh, a more it's a more recent thing. So yeah. Noctis dies. Mm-hmm. Um, now Sora doesn't die in Kingdom Hearts 3, but yeah. he disappears from his plane, yeah, and, and is separated from his friends, is never allowed to come back, which we'll fi- I'm sure we'll get to in Kingdom Hearts yeah. 4 whenever that comes out in the next 10 years. That's that's my main gripe is the last few square games that I played, they've had that trope of the main character has to get the ultimate sacrifice, and I hate that. Yeah. I hate just give me a happy ending. <laughs> seven, seven gave me a, even eight gives you a happy ending, and you, yeah. you well, were depends well, on how you feel about eight in terms of is that all in um, uh, right. Squall's it's, head? Right, this, it, this, it, this, is it a, is it a total recall moment or is it actually happening? Right, I mean, yeah, 
Uh, <laughs> like, does he die at the end or gets put in a coma at the end of this one? Right. Um, uh, but no, I agree. I agree with you there. Um, maybe it's I don't have the Kingdom Hearts experience and um, oh, the, the the Kingdom Hearts one wrecked me. That was that's that was the biggest problem. Yeah, is that was like I was I think I had I was going through something at the time and I was like I, just give me a fucking happy ending. Yeah. This is supposed to be a fun loving goofy game where I'm playing as Disney characters and you take you you take it away from me. You take the happiness away from me at the end. It makes me ne- see that's that's the other thing. It makes me never want to play the game again. Like I'll, ne- I beat Cri- uh, Crisis Core is another one. I beat Crisis Core. I will never, ter- I will never turn that game on again. Never, yeah, because I, because I don't want to go through all that just to get to the ending. Because well, you get to, you'll get to play a Zach in in a couple months. Yeah, I'll get to play a Zach in a little while, but that's something <laughs> totally different. I won't ever play Crisis Core again. I, I, I don't think I'll ever play Kingdom Hearts three again either. Um, yeah. and even though I love this game, I'll never play it to the end. I get again. it. It's like, it's like, it's like one of those movies that, you know, it's like, up. I never have to see up again as all at once. Yeah. That's it. I'm good. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I would, uh, you know, that, that's our thoughts on the end there. We'd love to get some feedback, um, from listeners out there. You can tweet. still, I'm still going to say you can tweet at us <laughs> at game vault pod on yes. Twitter Yes. Um, if you're if you're if you're not on that hell site anymore, um, we do have a Blue Sky account. We are and and a Threads account and a Threads account wherever wherever you migrated to. And I may be completely done with the Twitter slash X if they roll out the not being able to block people um, thing. So you might see us exclusively on Blue Sky. Um, so before we before we get all the way yeah, out of here, I have I a have point for you too. Before we, I have this. one final. Um, conspiracy theory. Go right ahead. I love them. It is that the potion girl is Leviathan. Ooh. They make such a big deal Ooh. out of her in that game. They make it a such a they, yeah. they take such care to show you her face and show you her show up numerous times, and she lives on the water. And she's and she's on the wheel of important people, which right. you probably didn't see much with Vivian. Oh, she she is on the on, on, on the wheel. Thing. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't pay attention to. Yeah, Vivian's yeah. I I think I said on this stream, I was like, why is Medicine Girl on here? Uh, but no, that's a really great theory. I like that because that's the only one that doesn't show up. That's on that painting, right? Right. Leviathan is the only one you don't see. So if they are going to do a DLC, I would imagine that either she's involved or it's Jill centric or, or something of that nature, because Leviathan is the only one you don't see. And I feel like she would make the perfect Leviathan because they need, they also need another female icon. Yeah. Because they only have one. Yeah. So So that's, that's my big conspiracy theory. I like that one. Um, and my final point is, uh, so with that giant spell that Bahamut does when you're fighting him as Bahamut, mm-hmm. does that now knock off Donald Duck as the as the strongest wizard in yes yes it in does. Square? Okay, <laughs> that's all I need yeah. to know. We we're yes. on our yes. That is now the strongest the strongest spell in uh, <laughs> in Square Square lore. Yeah, we have we have we have Kingdom Hearts four coming out. We, chance, yeah, we do. He has a chance to top it. He does have but, a chance. But, for, to top it. but rest in peace, Donald Duck, being the strongest wizard. 
in Square Universe. Uh, so yeah, so that that's our spoiler cast. Um, it's a really fun game. There's going to be lots of hours of me playing it on YouTube if you don't feel like playing it yourself. I go through everything, basically, outside of reading the lore um, stuff there. So if you want a full playthrough of it, like as full as you can get on one playthrough, um, that stuff should be great. We'd love for you guys to subscribe there um, when we put that on. I think the Baldur's Gate stuff will end up on there as well um, once I start uh, you know, uploading that. But um, yeah, Final Fantasy 16, probably definitely if I was making awards, uh, would be surprise game of the year. Um, so I, I, I am smitten, um, with this. And as you can tell, we really loved it. And I'm glad, I'm honestly glad we had different opinions on the ending. So it didn't seem like this, 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 yay, everything was great, um, <laughs> podcast on there. So, uh, overall, I, overall, I would love the game. Yeah. I love, I loved everything yeah. but that point. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the last thing I want to ask you. Go right ahead. Was it all a story written by Joshua, or did Joshua live at the end and then write the story? Ooh, that that's a that's a good one. Like, here's my thought: is that I think he wrote all the way up to the point that they went to Origin mm-hmm. or whatever, and then I think the rest of the story is written by Jote. You don't think he survived at the end? I mean, because they they make it very clear to show that all of that. Ultima stuff is gone out of him, and all of the curse is gone from his body. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the way you could get Leviathan into it is that she goes and saves him. Um, you know, being medicine girl, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I could take it that way. I could also take the way you know that it's ghost written by Jote as well. Um, yeah, she was his companion most of the time. I didn't even think um, of that, but yeah, yeah, that's a very good possibility too. Yeah, so either way works. Like I said, if you need a, a ghost-written part and you, I guess if you don't bring Clive back and you need somebody, you have Leviathan save Joshua and explain that. Uh, but yeah, that that ending, I was so glad that there was a after credits thing that me and Vince neither did not know that. I was like, I'm going to wait all the way to the end and the credits were like 15 minutes. Did you sit uh, through the whole thing or did you yeah. find, did you figure out that you can fast forward through them? I did not know I could fast forward to them. So we sat through the entire thing, me and Vincent talked about it. I um, was just so like, I was thinking like, this is taking forever. So I touched the right stick and it started moving. And I was like, thank God. And I fast forwarded all the way through the end of the credits. Yeah, no, we, 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 we had, we had some good discussions on there. Hopefully they're not, a lot of them aren't behind the mute, but um, yeah. Yeah. So that is our uh, spoiler cast here for Final Fantasy 16. Go pick it up. If you like Final Fantasy games, I would say even go give it a try. If you like Devil May Cry games, you may you may enjoy it a little bit. Even um, like near, like near yeah, even stuff. Yeah, like it it touches on enough genres that you may um, like it. And to get the joke out of the way, no, you do not need to play the previous fifteen Final Fantasies. Um, you don't need to play any, but it may any actually it may actually be good for you to play the first one. A lot of stuff yeah. with the crystals. Is in that first uh, one. Yeah. It's in that first one. So yeah. that it may be worth it to you to play the first one. To actually get that idea. And there's and to not be pedantic, but there are way more than fifteen games. Um yes. for that joke. Dear God, there are. <laughs> they they just keep going. Um <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you all for uh listening. Um we'll be back with a normal episode um next time. Um and like I said, watch out for weekend streams. Um of Baldur's Gate 3 with our character Vaulty, 
And then I'll be playing through Oxen Free 2 and then probably on to Goodbye Volcano High after that. Um, I am going to keep Starfield for myself and me I only. I think that's uh, smart. I think that's a good, um, good plan. I thought I would do that with this game, but I just had so much fun playing through the demo and laughing with Vince that I was like, yep, nope, we got we to gotta go all the way through with this. But Starfield is way too, I'm be way too boring of a Starfield player um, to stream it. Uh, so yeah. So once again, thank you guys for listening. Um, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Game Ball Pod, Threads, and Blue Sky. Um, check out the YouTube channel as well. Um, and then be sure to follow us on Twitch. So for Tom and Jen, hope she gets out of Sick Gang Gang soon. Um, we'll see you next time. Bye.